Hi guys, James Wilson-Taylor here for Rock Sound and welcome to another edition of the Rock Sound podcast. This is where you can listen to all our latest interviews and catch up on a few you might have missed over the last 12 months. And today's guests from the Hives, we've got Pele and Nicholas. They've just completed their amazing worldwide web live stream tour. It was really, really incredible. You've got to check it out if you can. It came complete with phone calls direct with fans while they were playing live in this tiny studio all shot on one camera. Really, really looked impressive. Talked a little bit about putting that together plus their plans for new music. They are currently hard at work on two new albums. Told me they have about 70 songs in various levels of completion at the minute. Very exciting to see what comes of that. And we look back on the upcoming 20th anniversary of their album, Your New Favourite Band. That was the compilation that made them stars here in the UK, containing those singles, Hate to Say I Told You So, and Main Offender. Plus, they'll be back over here in the UK later this year, touring with The Offspring as part of their Let the Bad Times Roll tour. As ever, if you want to watch the video of this conversation, it's up right now on the Rock Sound YouTube channel. Just search for video calls and hit subscribe on that playlist. But here they are right now talking new music and so much more. This is The Hives. How are you guys? Very good, thanks. Good. Yeah, good to see you both. Good to see you both. Uh, we've kind of started this off all of these in the same way, which is say I hope you guys, your bandmates, loved ones all staying safe, staying well in this uh, very, very odd time we've all been finding ourselves in. And just generally, before we get into the music side and everything, how have you guys been finding this extended period at home for you? How have you been occupying your time outside of music, I guess? Have not been, not really. I haven't really been doing anything. i just waiting for, for rock and roll, I suppose. It was a bit weird. In the beginning, you, you waited for like three months and then you figured out that nothing's really going to change, you know, the coming months. And it, well, it didn't really either. So it was just then you sort of got back on a horse and then started working again. Yeah, working we're away. making music, not playing it to people, but making it ourselves. Yeah, always a good thing to do. I guess it's always been a coping mechanism. That was a little hard. We were doing both. I mean, we were working on, well, simultaneously working on several records, writing and, you know, and sort of recording demos and stuff. And we were also working simultaneously on the, uh, the world tour, the digital world tour. So it was a little hard, you know, where to, what basket to put your eggs in for a while. So we dropped them all on the floor, basically. Yeah. And they all and there. crack. <laughs> See which ones didn't smash. That's a good yeah, experiment to that. do. I mean, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that worldwide web talks. I've got to say, I mean, it's, it's something I've talked to loads of people about recently, as you might imagine, these live stream shows, everyone trying radically different things, all appearing to their fan base. I've got to say, guys, one of the more impressive ones I've seen. Really, really enjoyed watching it, particularly Thanks. because, I mean, first, I guess the first thing I want to ask about it is, the approach to how it was shot because those tight camera angles just you guys in a room like that it's the one of the only ones i've watched where it felt like you could be in my living room with me do you know what i mean like i take it oh. that must have been intentional right in terms of yeah, replicating yeah. that experience yeah uh, the big thing like one camera as, as soon as you edit to a different camera you lose the sense of you know being in the room with the band and so that, that one held handheld camera was an an idea of nicholas i think but it and it turned out even better than we thought, I think. I mean, a lot of the things we thought about that tour, like the, our ideas for Do Good, when we did the first one, we watched it and they're like, this could be one of the best things we've ever done. You know, <laughs> it's, we're almost better online than live, you know. And we are famous for being a very good live band. So yeah, thank you for noticing. It turned out great, I think. Like, like we're really, really proud of it. 
Yeah, and it's, it seems like people were very happy. Like we had fans calling in and stuff. Because for us, you know, the feedback is the most important thing. Like, we, I mean, we play in a room, you know, we can play in a room 365 days a year together if we want to. But we can't do it with other people every day of the year. I mean, we can, but not, you know, when the state of the world is like this. So uh, if you want to do something that's supposed to, I mean, if, if you do something that's supposed to mimic a live show, then you, you can only get, well, not even halfway there. But if you sort of find something, like, if you, like what you were talking about, like how that thing was shot, it's like, well, we can give someone this angle that they can never have, you know, from a live show, from a live perspective. But if they get this angle and, and they're not removed from it by, you know, by fast edits or, you know, like um, going to another camera or something, when you lose that feel, like they can actually feel like they're standing next to Chris playing the drums or they can see the band from the back or they can, you know, it's like they can walk around in the band. Yeah, because you're not really allowed to do that. If you do try to do that at a live show, someone will throw you off stage. So this was like your chance to walk around in the band, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was, you know, I, we watched a lot of live show streams and ours was one of the only ones I've seen that had any kind of energy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, no mean feat. Seriously, all joking aside, finding ways to replicate that energy, particularly with your live show, which you are, like you say, you're famed for that energy on stage. Being able to replicate in that room is no mean feat, man. Fair play to you on that for being able to kind of keep that Thank energy up. And I Thanks think, actually, no, genuinely, and I think one of the cooler aspects of it as well, you know, you mentioned the fan phone calls. There were so many little touches in there that I've not seen anyone else do of making it interactive. So there was the yeah. phone calls for a start. You also had, obviously, the background noises and everything really kind of helped keep it into play uh you occasionally would look at the comments section on the screen obviously fans beforehand got to request the songs i take it that must have been something very important to you guys as well finding a way to make it interactive like that yeah yeah definitely like that first phone call when you just hear another voice like someone just says hello and you go there it's actually live like they're doing it's they're on the same time as us they're you know on the same schedule partying at the same time as us it almost felt surreal yeah, well, it's also like the to prove that it actually was happening because a lot of these live streams are pre-recorded like a week in advance and stuff. Uh, and it, a lot of it, you know, was the fact that it is more interesting. And, you know, one of our favorite things about playing live is the feeling that anything can happen. And if we would have just stood in that room and played with the other guys in the band, like there would be no... Uh, no unexpected things would happen probably or less expected unexpected things would happen. So... Having people call in was both exciting for us, exciting for the fans, and also to kind of prove that it actually was happening right at this very moment. Yeah, it definitely adds to the energy knowing that it's happening right there at that moment for sure. And like, I guess beyond that as well, when when live shows do come back, and, and you know, we'll talk about some of your plans in a sec. But did the this web experience? give you any more ideas? You guys are such a well-oiled machine in terms of a live band now, but doing something so radically different like this, did it make you think about your regular live show in a different way at all? Any new ideas coming up through that process? Uh, I don't know. Like It's such a different animal than playing live because playing live is, you don't really have time to think about much else than, you know, playing the songs in the right order. The rest of it's kind of just a blur and, you know, reacting to things that happen. So, I mean, for, not necessarily for the live show, but for definitely for other things. Like as soon as we played, you know, you started and the fact that it all went really well, you know, like, you know, there were no real hassles with technology or anything. And it was like, 
it was a cool setup and the room still exists. And, you know, all the people who we work with there, they still exist. So it kind of felt like this is how we should release all our records. Like we should play live and release the records like this. And we should, I mean, because the thing is there, you can go there and you can play any hive songs and you can play anything and you can do whatever you want with that setup. And that definitely, I think, opened a lot of ideas for how to, you know, if you want to mark, you know, if you want to, you know, like release a new record or release a new single or, you know, do something like that. It would be pretty cool. I think also it would be cool to do when it's like off season for rock and roll, we could do one of those world tours a year, like just spend a week playing, just come up with some new spots and broadcast it to, you know, we didn't do Japan. There's a bunch of places we didn't do. So we could just like, it could be an ongoing digital world tour, worldwide web world tour. Uh, and I also, I think it was very good for us because we're so used to like doing our live shows and we're not that used to doing records because we don't do them that often. But uh, it was fun to see, to know that we could kind of conquer a new medium and do it well. Felt like a kind of a gift, like, oh shit, we really did that well. We, you know, we don't, we're not limited to doing just our regular old live shows. We can come up with new stuff. If, if we're forced to, we can, you know, solve the situation. And it's also, I mean, a lot of people watch, you know, their music on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, like they watch. And since, I mean, I guess the market that used to be with, you know, musical DVDs, like you would buy a live show or you would buy something that was edited into being a whatever best of this and that band. But now everybody just watches clips of a YouTube or full, you know, full uh, live shows as well. And I mean, there are a lot of, you know, I guess... (laughs) Even though we've been around the world several times, it's like there's still a, a few black spots where we could, you know, where we, you know, like to go or where we, you know, for various reasons haven't been able to go. And if people can see your shows there, then, you know, I mean, they can get your records, which is great, but it might also be great if they can see, you know, filmed concerts with you. Yeah, opens up some new opportunities for the future, for sure, definitely. And uh, and let's speak, you know, you mentioned a couple of times there the ideas of new music, because, yeah, like you say, it's been a minute since the last record. And from what I've been reading and from what I've been hearing, it does feel like, as you've said, quite a few records on the go at the minute. How, how much new music are you guys actually playing with at the minute? Because I've heard it might even be, what, two two or three albums worth of stuff going well, on? Yeah, we're currently working on two records. And then we have a whole bunch of material that's sort of just for now left aside for that third record. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but it's it's too much music to be one record, I think, definitely. So we'll, we'll, we're working on two. That's the main goal, to get these two out. And then the rest of it's like, it's still good stuff. Like, I think we had like, you know, 70-ish songs wow. on songs, you know, ideas for songs. Not Maybe not all of them good, but at least two great records, I think. Wow, that's interesting. So how do you see that working? Is there is there stuff you've got kind of prioritized? Is it the stuff that maybe you wrote a little bit of a while back and then work your way through it? Or are you, how, how do you see that actually coming out into the world? I don't know. I mean, we... I don't know how much to say, but we've always been envious of that thing where bands that had like two records before they put out their first one. Like I've heard that, you know, Ramones had like the first two records and Slipknot had like even recorded maybe three records before they put out the first one or something. And and I think Oasis had written the two first records or something so that you can like release a record, go on tour, and then without going home and make the new one, you can kind of just drop another one in the middle of the tour. That would be really cool. And also, I think it would be nice for people that like the hives to not have us go into hibernation for two years and make a new one. 
in the middle yeah, of the tour. Yeah, and I mean, I we we still love touring, and we've always loved touring. So for us, it might be nice to kind of stay on tour as well for a bit. Yeah, instead of having to go home, because we've always had a hard time trying to juggle the two, even though it's just two things, and you do it, you know, every <laughs> other, you know, like two years on and two years off or whatever. But it's or a year off. It can but, be hard to restart. Yeah. You know, so. So it's better, I think, if we make two albums and then go on tour. <laughs> yeah, that way we don't have to switch modes too often. <laughs> and we're, very, I think, we're way faster getting into gear with the touring bit, like going into working on writing new music and working on new music. I think for, for the first, you know, at least couple of months, you feel like you suck at it. So well, you uh, kind of do because the other, like, you're used to how you sound when you play songs you played your entire life, basically. Awesome. And then you start playing like a new riff and, and, it, and it sucks. And it's maybe not that the riff sucks, but just that you've never played it before. But your ego is so big from touring that you think that, why are we this bad? <laughs> yeah, and as with the touring, I mean, you, you can be in shape in about a month. It, it can sound really good in about a month. And with the going back and working on new music, it can take, <laughs> it can take years. It can sound really bad for years. Yeah. <laughs> You just have to know how far up the bar is, you know. Oh, it's good that's to see what, you that's saying. That's what sucks, man, with this, yeah. being in this band. We know how good it has to be, and it's horrible. Hey, that's a good thing to have high standards for yourself, man. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's also like a seven years since we put out a record. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, I mean, we have heard little, little bits of, I guess, what's to come. A little, I mean, I mean, Paint a Picture's been doing the rounds live for, for a minute or two. Yeah, and that, yeah, was in, yeah. that was in the live stream and stuff. Uh Tell me a little bit about that one, actually, because that's that's one that I know you've been playing touring for a while. It was in the live stream stuff as well. Always seems to get a really, really nice reaction from fans whenever you play it. When did yeah. that one in particular kind of come to be? Oh, well, it, there was a few versions of it. it. Had a different chorus at some point, but I mean, it's just like something that's been uh, a song that uh, it, it's been around for for a while. And uh, it had a second different chorus. I think this is like the third chorus it had. I can't even remember how long ago we wrote the bits, but it's been circling around since after Lex Hype sometime, maybe like a year or two after Lex Hypes was when the first bits sort of came together. And then it's taken us. Uh... But the version that we're playing now, that it really seems to be going, people really like that one. I mean, so yeah, that's definitely going to make it on one of the two albums. <laughs> Watch this space. It'll appear somewhere. It'll appear somewhere. I, I mean, I don't really remember how it came about because that's probably also a long time ago. Yeah, sure. That <laughs> I really sure. like the song. <laughs> it's cool to see it develop, it seems though. Like the song should always. I mean, when we make a song and we finish it, we like it. It feels to us that it's like a song that should always have existed, in, in, if that makes any sense. You know, like there are songs that, you know, like a lot of rock classics, like Blitzkrieg Book by the Ramones. It's hard to imagine a world where that doesn't exist, like and is you know and is in that form. So that, you know we have to shoot for making something that feels like it always existed somewhere in the universe, and you know and and it feels right, and that takes us a long time. It takes a long time to get into that modus where you think it's been around forever. It's just that you haven't released a record since 2012. <laughs> yeah, 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 it has been around forever, basically. <laughs> no, but I mean we have we have songs. <laughs> So we have songs, I mean, that we're working on now for this record that we that we worked on, like some of the songs that we worked on the most for the Lex Hives record, like even around like 2010 or something like that. And they didn't even make that record. And now we're still working on some of them. <laughs> this is still, 
this is still a good verse. <laughs> well, speaking of like, you know, like I say, it's been been a minute since the last record and, you know, new music coming out. I want to take a little look back slightly just because it, it, you know, anniversaries are what they are, but we're coming up now on 20 years since uh, your new favorite band came out. And what was amazing about that was even though it was compilation, that was really the breakthrough moment here in the UK, wasn't it? Like it suddenly yeah. took you guys yeah. to a whole other level. Just what are your kind of memories around that time in the UK specifically, I guess? Uh, playing a lot of TV shows and having Alan McGee say, if you do this TV show, you're going to sell 50,000 records. And then on Monday, we did. And then if we do this TV show, you're going to sell 100,000 records. Then that next Monday, we did. It was very like, it felt very metrical and like it, it was logical, the UK. There was a system in UK in place at the time. And, and I think there was a lot of like flying. We were in the US tour. We flew in and do a TV show and stuff. We were commuters. Yeah. Living in Sweden, going to London, you know, three times a week, flying in to do whatever shows or television or something. And then we continued to do that even while on tour. I mean, we would go from a US tour, fly over, play a UK, you know, TV show, and then go straight back to the next date on tour. Yeah. And also, I remember. Busy, very busy, but very fun. And also, that when, once you got popular in the UK, like our next big UK show after you know, releasing that album and, and it's also being hit and stuff. Every famous person I knew in the UK, like every famous face I knew existed in the UK was at that show. It, it was cool because it was like, it felt like old timey stardom in the UK. <laughs> like, like everybody famous is interested all of a sudden and we're famous and, you know, like kind of like after seven years in a band being an overnight success was an interesting, it's pretty cool and interesting experience to have. So who were these famous faces then at the time that you were particularly taken by? That who who stood out to you then? If these, were... I mean, I guess it was like because we, you know, it, it had been a few years since Britpop, so I guess it was all those people were famous to us, like the right. Norvis Cockers and Noel Gallagher's and stuff. From what I remember, amazing. I remember Chris, uh, our drummer. He's a big um, you know race car fan, so he would see <laughs> Formula One drivers everywhere. I don't know whether like Buttons, maybe one of them was, you know, like you know. <laughs> is there yeah. one called Buttons? <laughs> <laughs> Jensen Button, I guess. That was got to be the most UK Formula One driver of all time. <laughs> just, just called Buttons. Or Buttons. Yeah, several ones. <laughs> but he would always say, so he's like, oh, that's that guy who drives Formula One. And, you know, that, that's uh, someone who's, uh, I don't know, I guess they're popular. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I knew the Britpop celebrities. And I guess there was like Beckhams and stuff. Wow. Yeah, whatnot. Like all those people who are like in gossip magazines in the UK. <laughs> I mean, it is a crazy time. Like you said, it was it was that weird thing of being around for a few years and then sudden overnight success. Because I guess it was that rare thing of not many bands would release a compilation like that when you've already kind of had success in your home country and then package it together. It's kind of a rarer thing. I think I guess it was kind of done a bit back in the day, but not so much anymore. Well, I wouldn't say we've ha we'd had a lot of success. I mean, we were we were touring and stuff, not quite making a living, I don't think. Like we were basically living out of the van and once in a while when we got off tour we'd have to get a job for a month or something so it wasn't really like the uk success was i mean german success was first but it was at a it, it was it was like an underground german success and like a mainland europe success it wasn't a big thing in sweden until after the uk and u.s success i think like at least not you know it it, it kind of uh, the uk thing led to worldwide success i think Kind of. 
Well, I mean, we had shows in, in, in Sweden and stuff where we we thought we were popular. <laughs> we because I mean, we had amazing amazing shows at some of the you know the bigger festivals and stuff like that. But they became possibly then bigger after we had international yeah. success. Plus, like we considered three hundred people a success at that time. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, we were successful all along. Like <laughs> we've always felt really successful as a as a consequence of that. But yeah, UK was really the first place we played bigger places and the first place. It was really, uh, we owe the UK a lot, I think. Uh, a living, <laughs> at least. Well, I mean, glad then that you are you are in the calendar coming back over here with the offspring, you know, at the end of the year. That's the plan at the minute. And, you know, it's, it's very, very exciting to have you guys back over here, back in big arenas with the offspring. Have you guys, I mean, you must have crossed paths with that band a fair few times over yeah, the definitely. years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that relationship been like over the years? I mean, we play festivals together and we, you know, we're friendly, I guess, you know, they've... Uh, We've I, never toured together before, but we meet each other and, you know, hello, gang. Yeah. <laughs> Do the rock nod. <laughs> you know, hey, backstage rock nod. Um, yeah, uh, Dexter, Dexter gave us Jägermeister a couple of times. And then at one festival, I think, someone in the Hives gang tried to set fire to the stairs to their trailer. But I think that's been, uh, that doesn't count anymore. And uh, I remember very fondly, because the offspring kind of broke through and we were like, I guess first started drinking, like 14-ish, which is the age in Sweden when you start drinking illegally. And here too. Yeah, and then all those parties in the beginning was that offspring smash record was everywhere. It was like the most popular that year was like the most popular record worldwide. And then a few years back, we played in Italy and they played that whole record. And I don't think I've seen a bigger crowd reaction in maybe the rage against the machine reunion show in Germany. But apart from that, I think that's the best crowd reaction I've ever seen to anything. It's, pretty powerful stuff so it's going to be fun to see that yeah happen. and that and that has because uh, i remember seeing them in in stockholm when that record was new and this crowd reaction you know 20 years down the line is way bigger yeah <laughs> so some things need to mature i guess but it's uh, it takes time to grow yeah That's like the new eyes <laughs> <laughs> which we will like, hear at some a, point it's like a moldy cheese at this point we should have released it 20 years ago yeah, is that is that what you're going to title it? Multi cheese, the new album by the Hives. Is that is that a good indicator? <laughs> let it grow, let it grow. Yeah, no, it's going to be good, man. We're looking forward to more new is music. Twelve oh, year aged Parmesan cheese. <laughs> yeah, like all the best. Scandinavian stuff, so like it's all fermenting stuff, like <laughs> pickled herring and all that stuff. It's. I remember we were recording in in Los Angeles, and somebody, someone from the Hives, had left like a juice carton out overnight. And someone else like, is this a Scandinavian thing? Are you fermenting stuff in here? <laughs> it's like, no. But I guess that just takes longer than fermenting, than uh, maturing. Or if yeah. it's the other way around, doesn't matter. <laughs> either way, that's a positive way to look at it, man. But either way, yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys in the UK. Can't wait for that tour with the Osprey. Can't wait for more new music. And in the meantime, guys, just take care of yourselves. We'll catch up with you soon, all right? Yeah, yeah. thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much. Well, well, 
Thanks once again to Pele and Nicholas for that conversation. And like I said before, if you want to watch video of that chat, it is up right now on the Rock Sound YouTube channel. And make sure you hit subscribe here to the Rock Sound podcast for all our latest interviews. You can subscribe to us over on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back very soon with a brand new episode. In the meantime, I've been James Wilson-Taylor, and thank you for listening to the Rock Sound podcast. Thank you.